Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, March 22nd edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, uh, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, on today's show, Trevor Sykema of Pro Football Focus, and of course, 49ers hubs, Evan Swords, um, to talk all things NFL. Yeah, enveloping the NFL. That's what we're doing right now uh, at this time during the NFL offseason because there's just so much stuff going on. Um, the, just the Devontae Adams trade to Vegas feels like forever ago, and it was just uh, just a couple days ago. But uh, a lot of Falcons on this one with the Matt Ryan trade and everything uh everything falcons in their future and all that um if the niners are out of options for jimmy garoppolo trades um suddenly the bucks uh their contention window now with brady back um how matt will fit in indy ranking the nfc west if the Bengals have gotten enough help for joe burrow along that offensive line nfl draft favorites least favorites from trevor um the quarterback class in the 2022 nfl draft all that and more coming up on the Chase Thomas podcast here on this beautiful Tuesday, March 22nd edition. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and you have not already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you're already subscribed, though, and you have not already done so, please make sure uh, today that you uh, leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. Don't forget, folks, you can also watch this. Yeah, every episode of the Chase Thomas podcast uh, is available in a video form on YouTube, youtube.com. Type in the Chase Thomas podcast, hit that subscribe button. That's simple. Um, You can email this very program, Podcast at gmail.com. Go check out the newsletter. Yeah, daily newsletter, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email. That's simple. And, you know, of course, headquarters, chasethomaspodcast.com, all that good stuff. Um, All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on a Monday night. I am. I, I just. I'm so excited because Trevor Sikama is here along with Evan Swartz, who is here every Monday night. But Trevor Sikama is here to just enjoy and to it, it, to embrace the resurgence of the Tennessee Volunteers. Shout out to the Tennessee Volunteers getting. I got to do this. I've been waiting to do this all day on a podcast. I've been waiting. Nico! <laughs> sir, sir, are you okay? Are you I'm just, right? okay? I am apoplectic and it's fantastic. Like a five-star oh, quarterback coming in here. I Look, I'm coming in hot. I got yeah. the uh, I got the protein shake in. I got this antioxidant cocoa fusion. Uh, shout out to Bay. Is it Bay? Mm-hmm. Bye. I don't know what it is. And you got a five-star um, quarterback. And we got a five-star quarterback. And... <laughs> The Atlanta Falcons do not. The Atlanta Falcons barely have a quarterback room right now. Like the Falcons, well, I think Marcus Mariota was a five-star quarterback. We're we're gonna we're gonna what we're gonna do what we're not gonna do is start the podcast talking talking uh, any type of nonsense towards Marcus Mariota, Oregon legend. I, mm-hmm. I, I could never. I could absolutely never talk <laughs> bad about Marcus Mariota. You know Trevor's how big a, a, yeah. You know how big of an Oregon fan I am. Where I, the first thing I did, I was like. <laughs> Wow, you know, pretty. I'm pretty excited for Marcus to finally have another shot. Like, yeah, I am too, man. I am getting. Too. Wait, hold on. There's no shot. What are you talking about? He's hey. losing 17 games. Like, we're the worst roster in football. Marcus Mariota is not getting a shot here. He can't Marcus win enough Mariota games. Doesn't know how to lose 17 games. That man, like, this is Joey Harrington, the Joey Harrington year. That and this is like. Can we Atlanta talk about Falcons. that real quick? Yeah. We mm-hmm. sandwiched the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Matt Ryan was sandwiched between Joey Harrington and Matt mm-hmm. or Marcus Mariota. 
That happened, yeah. <laughs> That's how long he's been a quarterback. That's, I just, that is a feat. That's true. 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. And Damn. it's all gone. And we got a third rounder for him after everything from this. Like, I have so many mixed emotions right now about the Falcons. Like, I love Cordero being back. Like, that's good. Like, I'm in on Trevor's dude, Kyle Pitts. Like, him not getting a touchdown pass last year was rough. It, it hurt my soul, Kyle Pitts and his targets and watching week in, week out how we use Kyle Pitts. And I was just like, all right, year two, Matt's back. Like, we'll get some more talent. Maybe Ridley's back. Now Ridley's gone forever. Now <laughs> Julio, obviously that ended the way it did last year. Matt Ryan's gone. I The offensive line's still a mess. Jalen Mayfield was a disaster last year. Um, I Like the defense, there's no talent. It's Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell. That's it. AJ Terrell is a star but that is it. Like we we have a dearth of talent all across the board. And Another I agree with word. moving on from Ryan, but this is the saddest way this could have gone. This is the most disrespectful way it could have gone with everything that happened last week with Watson. I like, I'm both very, I'm really, really angry at the organization for certain moves and cer- the way they've handled a lot of stuff. Cause Matt Ryan, you can make the case is the best Falcon of all time. Like you can make that case that Matt Ryan is the greatest Falcon of all time. He is the very least the best quarterback in Falcons history. Um, He's about to this, be a, one of the best Colts of all time. If they, uh, <laughs> if, they if they go far in the playoffs, we'll, we'll, we'll go Peyton and, Manning in Denver action. huh? Well, here's the problem with that. Guess what? <laughs> The AFC, like the AFC West is just like, they all like souped up. Like I, like they're all just uh, yeah. Marvel superheroes now that like the Colts are not winning anything with Matt Ryan. Like they're the path in the AFC to winning the AFC right now is preposterous. Like he needed to go to the NFC. Like if he goes to a better NFC team, if he's on the Vikings or something with Justin Jefferson and Thielen, this is what I posited last week. Trevor was like the Niners, even like if the Niners would have taken Matt Ryan and you put him back in Shani's scheme for a year or two, like, I could see them getting to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan could mm-hmm. make it. The AFC man is just too much of a bloodbath. Like I'm not penciling in the Colts as a contender. I think they're good. He'll keep things moving, but Matt Ryan is not winning a Super Bowl in Indy. Do you disagree? Go ahead. What I was going to say, first and foremost, uh, Chase is very excited because there's a lot of sports going on that are very pertinent to him and who he cares about. Yeah. Everyone welcomed uh, for, for the first time, I'll get to say it. Trevor Sikama of PFF. Oh, there we go. Know. Wait, hold yeah. on. I did an opening. I said Trevor's no, I know, here. I Evan's here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But of PFF, Trevor right. has, in the last time since That's I've true. spoken to him, taken yeah. on a really awesome new position. Trevor, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because it is a big deal. It's a big jump. No, His stock's I going up. I No, I appreciate Okay, there we go. So there's an <laughs> NFL stock exchange, my podcast reference. I appreciate you there, Chase. No, yeah. it's, it's been great, man. You know, working at PFF has been fantastic. Uh, I've had the opportunity to get to the details of Jalen Mayfield's PFF grades, which are the oh, worst God. offensive line grades of anyone oh, in the God. NFL last year. Just wanted to shout that out since you brought his name up. But no, dude, it's been awesome. I mean, everybody over at PFF is, has been extremely welcoming. And the things I'm getting to do, a lot of on-camera work and hosting a lot of the big shows that they're doing, it's been a ton of fun working with some great people, getting to do a lot of great stuff, man. So, so it's been good. That's awesome. Well, we're good. We're happy to have you on here. I mean, it's we. I'm I'm a guest on a, on a show, and I'm trying to bring. No, you on you're as a like guest a co-host. Too. You're a permanent. <laughs> no, you're a permanent co-host on the Monday. So this is your like you're help you're helping steer the show on Monday yeah, nights, yeah. Evan. Love, so you're I a part of that. Well, either way, it's, yeah. Yeah, I've been having uh, 
Trevor join wherever it is that I like to talk about football for a it's long true. time. It's so true. It's true. It's, it's good to have you on, man. So yeah, Chase, why don't you uh, go back into your manic episode that was just going on right there? <laughs> you can kind of tell us how you how you're doing with your Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's just like this is going to be an awful football team, and we just haven't had this in a long time. The Falcons have been at the very least competitive for a really long time. We're looking at almost 15 years of just consistent competitive play and I mean there was a break in there you can make you can extrapolate that out longer with the Vic years and then the Chris Chandler years in the late 90s that like the majority of my Falcons watching experience has been pretty positive like yeah the 23 and there's been a lot of heartbreak and stuff like that but this has been been a lot more 28 than it's been three Right, but now we're kind of yeah. more three than we are twenty-eight. If we can use a you know Atlanta Falcons right. reference, sure, okay, great. a scale, if you will. Kick me while I'm down. This is that that was that was a, that was a lot. Um, they did wrong by him though. Like yes. honestly, like we yeah. the Matt Ryan thing. I mean, okay, like he goes to Indianapolis. At least they traded him to a situation that really like wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. Like he can compete. Like I. I think Indianapolis is going to win that division. I really do yeah. because I didn't expect the Titans to play as well as they did this past year. I was expecting a regression from them last year. And obviously that didn't happen. They win the, the uh, number one seed in the AFC. I do think that regression is coming for them this year. I think the Colts with Matt Ryan are going to play a little bit better. And remember like the Colts were right on the line of the playoffs mm. with Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and they blew it in the very last week of the season. So if you sub in Matt Ryan who played really well, well, I don't want to say really well, but he he played well last year. Yeah. Then well, when you think, think about yeah, how much he Wentz lost that game right, specifically, right, like right, all you correct. all you have to do is not throw the Matt ball. Ryan away. is not doing any of the dumb stuff that Wentz does. Like that For is not in his DNA. And so mm-hmm. I think that Indianapolis makes the playoffs, but like contender for a Super Bowl, okay, probably not because we know how loaded the AFC is. But just going back to the Atlanta part of it. It's just got to suck, right? Because it was just an unreal roller coaster for Atlanta over the last seven days because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, they're not really doing anything. Like, are they restructuring Matt Ryan's contract? Are they like thinking about trading him? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Atlanta's in on Deshaun Watson. And it's like, wait, how is that possible? And then it was like, oh, Atlanta's the front runner for Deshaun Watson. And we're like, well, hold on. How did we get here? And mm-hmm. then we see what the trade price package was for Deshaun. We saw how hard Atlanta was caping to get him. I mean, there were reports out that like all the pop culture icons of Atlanta were like reaching out to him. And I can't remember who tweeted. It might have been Anderson, but somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody said that like they were prepared to give him the quote unquote keys to the city, essentially. Yeah, they said keys to the city. And it was just like one. This is pretty embarrassing for a guy who literally has 22 active civil suits against him for sexual misconduct and sexual assault. Like that in and of itself is incredibly embarrassing how not just the Falcons, but every team who was in the running for Deshaun Watson was just fawning over this guy. And then we see him go to Cleveland and not just go to Cleveland, but have this calculated, massive, guaranteed contract that just felt gross to read how we got to this point and then you turn that back to atlanta and now atlanta goes oh uh sorry matt like we (laughs) we we were gonna totally like toss you to the side like thanks for everything you've done with this franchise but we were totally gonna toss you to the side for a guy who's dealing with a lot of really not good stuff off the field and like we were about to give up this massive draft price to go get him now we've got to stick with you 
And I bet Matt Ryan told him to pound sand. I bet he told him behind the scenes, like, I'm not playing for this franchise. See, anymore. I don't know about that. Ryan's I a loyal think, dude. I Ryan's, think he is a loyal dude, but yeah, I think yeah. Matt Ryan, nicer than Baker Mayfield, maybe has said. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, in a professional him, manner. I'm not playing here anymore. You guys mm-hmm. basically disrespected me over the last week. And they did. They 100% oh. Well, we pushed back his roster bonus, like that $7 million. We do like, just dumb stuff. Like, it was and, all bad. I mean, I agree well, with everything you're saying. Yeah. Imagine being Matt Ryan, too, with the cap number that he has. We all know how the cap – like, it. two weeks ago, Matt Ryan was the least likely quarterback in the NFL to be traded. Correct. Like, you look at that cap pick, and it was like, we don't even need to discuss it because it'll never happen. Like, it's the largest number in history. And then, like you said, we went from – not only is he like rumored, but no, it's front runner. He's gone. And then it's like, oh, you didn't do it. You you couldn't, you couldn't right. successfully. We have go get- $62 million in dead money on the books this year. Dude, we have it, $62 it, million. What they did to trade him with $40 million in <laughs> dead money and only getting a third round pick back for your mm. best franchise player of all time is, I mean, there's no way around it. It sucks. Like it's not, I, I, I still think it's obviously a little too early to really judge uh, general manager Terry Fontenot because it's, it was, you know, he was hired a little, a little bit bait, late if I remember correctly yeah. last year in the process, but it has not been a good first two off seasons for him because he trades Julio Jones. He no longer has Matt Ryan. He trades Matt Ryan. They don't have Calvin Ridley anymore, which is not his fault. They don't have Russell Gage anymore, which is not his fault. But well, he, hold on. The Calvin Ridley is a little bit. He could have traded Calvin Ridley. He's had opportunities. He could have avoided some of this. Like, he had opportunities. We had enough there where it was like, this is not long, where it's like, I don't know if he's long-term for this franchise. He had time to move on from Calvin Ridley. I, we were talking about on this podcast that, like, I would have traded him early when, last year. Yeah. When did he know? Okay, so hold on, hold on. Are you saying that you would have traded him before he left the team yes because at that, because at that point like he was their wide receiver one like they literally had right now so i don't but, think he been able to trade him then and then well there was away. no it didn't seem like he was gonna lock in long term ridley did not seem like he was all then on the future of the franchise okay. especially but, after but, julio yeah but still like hindsight's hard because he was he was wide receiver one for them so like mm-hmm. yeah, if he's maybe a little disgruntled i don't think you give up on him then of course he leaves the team then of course the gambling stuff comes up so yeah i don't fully blame him for the ridley stuff but then you go back to last year's draft too mm-hmm. he passes on justin fields to draft kyle pitts and i love kyle pitts i think kyle pitts is incredible well what are you yeah. doing that's now gonna be the here, big one now you're sitting here. You have no offensive weapons at all whatsoever outside of Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. You've got no wide receivers. Your offensive line is terrible. Chase, you <laughs> mentioned it. The defense outside of AJ Terrell is not good. They still have Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett, but like they're Deion's just not three, good. He was awful last year. Deion sucked last year. <laughs> there's three pieces on an 11 man, yeah. 11 man starting team, probably a 14, 15 man rotation, and it's like now they don't even have a quarterback. They have yeah. no one. They have yeah. and and Fontenot is just. He's he's teetering the line here very quickly already with not being well. Also, like Blank doesn't like tender. this, so Blank is not about this. Blank is not about like full teardowns. He's not about a rebuild. He's not a right, rebuild re- tear. Reload, to the, not re- re- yeah. Yes, that's not his mo at all. That he has no interest in this. But he doesn't have a choice now. Now we're in a <laughs> danger. We're in like he does not have a choice. So I wonder, like you're saying, where it's like Terry Fontenot has like done a lot of stuff really quickly that now the like it's going to be a steep climb out of the, out of where they're at right now. It's, it's a, 
it's a rough situation because I I just think dark times are ahead. And we got lucky with Matt Ryan right after the Joey Harrington stuff and the Bobby Petrino stuff. Like we got lucky. Like right. I, there's not like you just looked at this last class like you looked at what just happened with baker in cleveland you look at just the way the quarterback situations right. are in the nfl that like yeah you might bottom out but you, there might not be a matt ryan waiting for you that next year like it might be a draft like this where it's like i'm worried we're gonna overreach on somebody like that's the worst case scenario if falcons go quarterback in round one i'm going to lose my mind like well, i'm going to absolutely lose my mind that's the thing that's insane about it too because like i think the fact that julio jones and calvin ridley are no longer with the team makes people feel better about the kyle pitts selection but mm. i think that that might still end up being the worst decision that terry's made like i think like as good as kyle pitts is and like i, I think we all saw last year when he played everything that we kind of hoped that kyle pitts could do on an nfl team we saw it but like if Justin Fields is good, you know, if Mac Jones right. is good, like, you right. know, like you're going to look back and you're going to be like, even with your two best offensive players gone, like you took a tight end over quarterbacks. Yep. And then you traded away your franchise quarterback for a third round pick. Yep. Well, and our it, order of operations were off. Like they were, it was like, it doesn't seem like there is a clear order of operations here where it's like Fontenot has a clear idea. Like, I don't think he either he pivoted or something like, I don't know what changed, but he, the, the way he came in and what it looked like we were going to be doing is completely different now than what he came in. Like he was all about retool, retool, retool. Now we're in full on full scale rebuild. And I don't know if this is what Terry signed up for is I think part of what lured him away from new Orleans to Atlanta was, I think he saw an opening. That's why he took pits there is I think he thought he was going to have Calvin Ridley. He may have even thought he was going to have Julio Jones. And then he was like, all right, Matt, a veteran quarterback who can still win a lot of games with all of these weapons, with Pitts, who's just going to be a Swiss Army knife, a ready-to-play right-now guy, I think we can do something right away. I think we can do that. And now he's like tasked with something that New Orleans has not done in so long (laughs) because they've been retooling and they have their cap whiz and they do their stuff with Ireland and Loomis. But here's the other problem with comparing the Saints to the Falcons of late. The Saints identify talent significantly better than the Falcons do. They've done a great job. Like they they nailed the Ramsick pick. They nailed right. the Taron Armstead pick. They nailed um, just so many different defensive guys. I mean, they just lost Marcus Williams in free agency, but like they even the bargain bin signings, like Demario Davis, has been a home run for them. Like they have developed super well. They've also scouted super well, and they are a better. It hurts me to say this, but they're a more well run organization and identify talent better than we have. Like. Jalen, they did not do a Jalen Mayfield situation. There was not a Kayla McGarry situation in their last couple drafts. Like they've nailed it. Like when they had those pillars for Drew Brees, they nailed that. And Armstead's had some injury stuff, but like those were home run offensive tackle picks and the Max Unger trade from a couple years ago. That was great too. I don't know. The Falcons are in bad shape. Terry Fontenot, I don't know if I can believe that he's going to be the guy to get them out of the cellar. Like I, I think well, this partially is- put him in the cellar. Like, even though it's a short period of time, like kind of, I mean, it was, it was still Dimitrov spent, like there was still a lot of Dimitrov kicking the can down the road. And let me, let me say it it this way real quick though. We are only looking at the third round pick for Matt Ryan because it just happened. But realistically Mm -hmm. speaking, they begin the season ends, right? You know, Mm -hmm. the season ends, uh, the Super Bowl ends, they go, Hey, we're going to trade Matt Ryan. Do you think they could have maybe got a better pick than a third round pick? They got a third round pick. After all of these teams, 
essentially took care of their quarterbacks. That's a good point. Yes. I think so, that really hurt his value. Cause now, dude, I mean, look at your team. Wentz went for two third round right. picks. You exactly. went for two. Matt Ryan's worth way, way more than Carson <laughs> That's what Wentz I'm saying. Is. You literally waited till the last second to go, oh, I'm going to de- destroy the relationship that I have with our starting quarterback. And then yeah. you get a third round pick for him. Like, that Jimmy goes back Garoppolo- to the order of operations thing. Like, I think it's crazy that he's going this, like, we're just on this, like, naturally up and down, like, Deshaun I, Watson. Oh, it's like, a, it's like um, from the movie Up. It's like Squirrel. It's like quarter, like somebody else. Like, he's we, just distracted doing other stuff. And I'm like, what? what is the plan here? What is the plan? I, you, were- you guys need to just, you have to, like, consciously be ready for this to happen because it, there's a good chance that Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut. But there's also still a chance when you look at the Panthers, he might go for more than Matt Ryan. Yeah. That's an insane thing to say out loud. I'm the biggest yeah. 49ers fan. I'm a homer for every quarterback and there's no world where Matt Ryan is worth less than Jimmy Garoppolo. And it yeah. might happen. It's, you know, it, it is, it, it, the quarterback carousel has been really crazy this year. And the Deshaun Watson stuff for Atlanta was a calculated risk is what GMs would tell you. And, and GMs would tell you that you have to make those to have a successful tenure. Well, now you've taken two massive calculated risks in each offseason. One was drafting Kyle Pitts over a quarterback. And for as good as Kyle Pitts is going to be, clearly now that situation is only looking worse. The other calculated risk was how you handled the Deshaun Watson situation, burned a bridge with the best player in franchise history. I mean, like, Fonnot over the last two years has traded two of the biggest fan favorites the Atlanta Falcons have ever had. This dude comes over from the New Orleans Saints. He didn't come up through the Falcons organization. He wasn't a scout. He wasn't an assistant scout. He wasn't an assistant GM. He came over from a division rival, became the GM of the team, and in two off seasons now has traded two of the franchise's most favorite players, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. He's an op. And, and, yeah. and arguably, people would tell you, did not get enough for either of them. Yeah. So, no. like... I, it's the just, only thing though the Julio good. Jones it's the not Julio good. Jones thing is like he got something for Julio Jones who then eventually got you know is right barely Julio's, got Julio's kind of washed and like I yeah. get it but at the time it's just it's it's hard right yeah. it's it's hard to sell your fan base that we're trading Julio freaking Jones for a second round pick and you know I. I can't it's wait just, to see the attendance numbers. Like attendance was already know, bad last year. Brother, it's it's going to be you're going to get five thousand people in that stadium. The, that's going to be the, the, that's going to be the worst team in the NFL. You the know, good the, news. Go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. The, the good news is this: the Falcons have been mitigating these losses ever since the Super Bowl, and they've been trying to slow burn this little like, oh, we're going to fix, we're going to retool. It wasn't going to happen, yeah. especially with Matt Ryan's contract. You just you just you phoned in this next season. That's fine, but you ripped the Band-Aid off. So whatever healing and repair that needs to be done but, now can finally start. But the problem with ripping the bandaid off is like, you want to have confidence in the person who's ripping the bandaid off. And I don't know if I have confidence in who's running right. the team right now to be responsible for, but he this. doesn't have to yeah. be it though. They can fire him, you know, at the end of next season. Or, this is crazy. Know, We're already here. We're already at like, do we need to fire Terry? Vaughn? Not? Like that's but I mean, well, literally, I, I think, I think what's, what's a good game plan now for the Falcons is, you have to get out of pick number eight. I think right. you huh. have to trade back. I think you have to. Mm-hmm. And, and you, some people look at it as, no, you can't move from eight. You've got to get a really good player because the roster's bad. 
you have you have sixty you have over sixty million dollars in dead cap this year. You're not doing yeah. jack shit this year. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just let this year be the ultimate kind of like what Evan was saying. Mail it in. You're gonna be bad. You hope the draft class is better next year. And you honestly, man, I'd go as far back from number eight as whatever somebody's willing to give me. If Malik Willis is still on the board and the Steelers want to give me a fir- their first round pick at number twenty and a first round pick next year. Cool, great. If some if Buffalo wants to, for some reason, get up to number eight from number twenty-five, give me Buffalo's first and second round picks next year, as long as well yeah. as number twenty-five. Like, yeah. build all the draft capital you can for next year. Tank super hard without even really trying, because this is just the roster that they yeah. have. They're, they're going to win. They're going to win less than five games. They're going to be picking in the top. I'll say six or seven next year, just depending on how many games they win. But I think it's more realistic that the Falcons are probably picking top five. So then mm. they'll have their pick there. And then they'll have an extra first round pick somewhere else for somebody. And then hopefully you'll have extra day two capital as well for like guys that you may have missed that signed other contracts elsewhere. So yeah. um, I, I, that's what that's what I would do because that's your that is your prayer at this point. You basically have to hope that you are going to be in range to pick Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Tyler Van Dyke or somebody next year. Because and is Tyler Van Dyke there now? Is Van Dyke there? Is he going to be QB three next year? I, I just, I just think he's. I think he had a hell of a year. And I yeah. just obviously it's just a way too early thing. But like, dudes, dude can sling it. So he's. I want Bryce Young. I've already locked in. Like I'm already in Bryce of Young. Course, let's go. Everybody but, wants Bryce Young. Of course, I, I'm locked in on Young. Bryce. Like that would be the. Hey man, if we're awful and we go one in sixteen this year, Bryce Young sitting there next. Regardless year, of cool. anything, there's no other team that's better fitted to be, uh, you know, picking one of the best quarterbacks in the draft than the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, like you, the Falcons are literally in the Portland Trail Blazers mode right now. They're like, let's just play the youngest people possible and and just sit the sit the starters and get rid of the old contracts. We'll see, try we're not even year. young. We're not young. If you look at our roster, no. it's not like there's a bunch of young talent. Like that's no, the other thing talking- is like Trevor. You can speak to this. Like we're not young. No, like, we're this is not about- a young team. The concept of what Trevor was saying of yeah. get the young, get as many draft picks as possible. Yeah. draft you as young to as possible. A young team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, and by that I also mean Bryce Young team as well. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna look like the tech we're gonna look like the Texans from last year, is what I predict. Is like okay. we're gonna look a lot oh, like the Texans yeah. for yes. Oh, where it's God. like just Mariota filling the um what's the kid's name from Tyrod Taylor? No, what's it? David Smills, um, oh. former GAC kid. He was actually the number one uh high school uh prospect. He was a five star out of GAC back in the day. Um gigantic neck on that Davis Mills. Um awesome. but I think like they, that's what they did. It's like they were old everywhere. They had no young guys. It, they were just awful, and they have to do this long reboot with Nick Casario, and maybe that will work. But I think the Falcons are in for a rude awakening. Would you? Last thing on the Falcons, would you trade Grady or AJ, Trevor? Would you just fully go debt? Like, would you just rip uh, off the bandaid even more? Yeah, I mean, like, there's uh, look the Madden franchise owner in me would say yes because you could do mm-hmm. that, but in real life, real life is just different. You you just I don't think that you can fully just get rid of all of these guys. Like I, I'd, mm. I'd probably keep Grady Jarrett around. I, you meant, you said that Deion Jones is bad last year. I didn't pay super close attention to his play, but like, I don't know that if man took so him. many plays but, off. I mean, honestly, I I'm, I'm probably not moving either of those guys because it's, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. You just, you get, you get a little too cutthroat. Like if you're Fontenot and you're trying to, trying to explain like, Oh, I've gotten rid of like in my tenure, 
we no longer have Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones. Like all of a sudden it's like, okay, like get the F out of town and never come back. You know, like that's, I just don't think you could get away with that. So I would say no. Also, there's room for like, there's room on any, the worst teams, worst cap managed teams. There's room for one star and corners are hard to come by. Keep AJ Terrell. There's no reason not to like, yeah. I mean, you, if you got to like some crazy return for him, but like keep AJ Terrell and and be one of the few teams that's got a really good, you know, you know, lockdown corner. I mean, I would love to start with sauce Gardner and him, right? Like that would be something like just start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, th- they obviously have a lot of dead cap this year, but it gets alleviated next year. Yeah. So like, that's, that's something too, like Falcons might see themselves a year from now or, or whatever it is where their roster really becomes as friendly as cap friendly as they want it to be like slingshot to have all of this money to be able to spend. And so it might, yeah, that's, that's just what you have to do. And whenever you're in this place, the arrow's got to be pointing in the same direction whether it's how you operate the draft, how you go after free agents, how you are building your contracts, whether they're front-loaded, whether they're back-loaded, how they're constructed, everything. It all has to be pointing to the same direction of when you want your winning window to start, when your mm-hmm. roster is going to get married of young guys and old guys playing well at the same time. You've got to be able to have guys on rookie contracts playing well. You've got to be able to have veterans that you brought in to fill other holes of the roster playing well. You know, like the, the chemistry and the continuity has got to be there. The cap space has got to be there. It all just has to point in one direction. And where franchises really start to fail is when they the draft strategy went one way and the free agency strategy went the other and the contracts that we have are going a different way. And like that's when it gets to be a mess. So you just got to be able to kind of reset however you can. And that's that's what the Falcons have to do. So stick to college ba- basketball and football chase for the next year. It's going to be a weird dichotomy between Tennessee volunteer football on Saturdays over the next couple of years versus Falcons football. Because that's the thing is like the Falcons, there's no path to us even being a playoff team for two years at minimum. Like we're looking at two to three with this kind of teardown. And that's just really sad. Like I just, I don't know. I might be my mid, my mid thirties. The next time the Falcons are legitimate contenders. That's, that's rough. I, I don't, I don't like that. That's what I'm facing right it's gonna now. It's going to be okay, bud. Well, that's easy for you two to say because your two teams might be in the NFC Championship game again this year. I hope uh, they play each other. That would be so fun. Tom Brady be has been ducking the 49ers for a decade, <laughs> and I am tired of it. If it's in uh, if it's in San Francisco, I'll go out there. If it's in Tampa, you have to come to Tampa. Oh. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, well, I, I like the idea. It's too bad that we can't meet in the Super Bowl like the old days with Brady because I would love mm-hmm. to just show up. Uh, what the Super Bowl is in uh, Arizona this year, right? Uh, is it? I thought it was in. Or no, no where wait, is it? It was, it was just in LA. Where's the Super Bowl yes. this year? Is it well, wherever it is, is, that team's going to the Super Bowl because that's been the case the last two years, which is pretty insane. That is pretty insane. I wanted the Rams to lose because I wanted the Bucks to be the only team to be able to say they could do that. But there you go. Alas, here we are. Yeah. They do. It was pretty cool, though. Um, Evan, you said something about the Niners, though. Is that is that a real possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo could actually just be cut? Like that would be a, a course of action for them? Well, I mean, to, you know, the answer at 24 hours ago is completely different. Than the answer now, right? You look at yeah. every single time. I mean, even Jameis is now the you know back on the Saints, right? So mm-hmm. like all of these choices, like. There's first off, there's so many variables. It's very hard to say what's going on right now. But there's people there's people that believe that Jimmy Garoppolo, in a spiteful rage, decided to at the last second get surgery because he knew 
he, you know, like he wanted to be cut or something like that, but that doesn't make sense because now every team has found their quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, I don't honestly know. I was expecting him to go to the Colts. I was thinking the Saints would be a good, good option for him. The Panthers are literally, I think they're the only team left, right? Or Seattle. It's just one of those two. Which Listen, man, 49, 49ers aren't about to trade him to Seattle. So I know, yeah. I don't know a lot. I'm not the smartest man on earth, but I can tell you with my whole heart that the Seattle Seahawks fans will burn that stadium down before they let <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo be their quarterback. Wait, so why is Houston, is Houston not an option? Would Houston not do it? I mean, they like David Mills. Do you like, tell me this. Do no. you want to pay $25 million a year for Jimmy right. Garoppolo after what no. David Mills just did? Well, that my whole thing is great. like, well, the, the option I would, uh, here's who it is, that they won't do it. And I said they should have just signed Jameis to begin with. But Trevor, there was a big debate last week on the pod about the Lions and their offseason. My position is, because you see this a lot too, where the guys at PFF, like, I think I talked to Sam Monson about this too. And it's that it's so reliant on quarterback play now. And that Mm -hmm. you can go from Josh Rosen to Kyler Murray in a year. If you're Steve Wilkes and you are bad, it's one, like, it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and get the quarterback wrong and your offense to be bad. Like you cannot have both anymore. You don't get three to five years to build with bad offense and just a bad team. Mm -hmm. Dan Campbell's a fun story in year one. Can you realistically do 34 games of Jared Goff in a row and keep your job? I with the talent that they have. Yeah, it's cool that they went out and signed DJ Chark. He'll be good for them. It, they had the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. But like Jimmy Garoppolo at least makes them fun. At least gives them a higher ceiling because this team cannot play Jared Goff 17 games. Like you cannot convince me that Dan Campbell will have this goodwill. There will be articles in the Detroit Free Press. Like, is it still fun? Are we still enjoying this? Are we still enjoying one and eight with this offense? Like, I don't think you can do this anymore because so many teams just take chances on a quarterback and they reload on the fly that like, you can't do this kind of stuff anymore. And I think them just running it back with golf is a huge mistake because they don't, you can't, you don't get that much time and 17 games is a long time. And we, we like to believe that it's not and that these coaches get more time than they, they des- he deserves more time. I just don't know if the pressure will be like it will be enough for him to overcome. I I really I've said if Campbell starts golf 17 games next year, he's fired like he doesn't make it. You don't get 34. I don't. Well, I I disagree with the very last part that you said about Dan Campbell, because I think I don't think he's getting fired after this upcoming year. I mean, if they win one game, but what if it's three and golf plays 17? I still don't think he gets fired because I think because the only person that would really fire him is obviously Brad Holmes GM Mm. and also like the owner. I can't remember. Yeah. Is it Betsy Ford? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So like those are the only two people that would fire him. Brad Holmes isn't going to fire Dan Campbell because they got in this together. Like they're in this contract together. They agreed. I'm I'm sure that they mutually agreed. We're going to get two first round picks and you're going to have to take Sheila, by the way, figure it out. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um, And so I think the year would end if the lions win like three games next year and Jared Goff starts for all 17 games. I think the year would end and people would go, damn, is Dan Campbell going to get fired? And then we're going to talk about it a bunch. And then he ends up not getting fired, but then he goes mm. to the podium. He talks about how we've got to get better. And he, they talk about how the next year is the big hot seat year for Dan Campbell. But in reality, 
this was kind of the exact plan that they've had because they cannot cut Jared Goff. They couldn't cut yeah. him last year. They can't cut him now. So the, it's not even like there's been an option. Also, if uh, yeah, I know we, we were using Jimmy Garoppolo as kind of like a segue into talking about this, but like if you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Lions, he is not better than Jared Goff would be on the Lions. Like, well, you don't think I, so? So there no. you have to. Hey, no. as, mm. as as the pro, the professional uh, 49ers <laughs> fan here, let me just tell you, we have two case studies with with both of these quarterbacks, right? They were both under Shanahan led offenses. Only one was with McVay, who went to the Super Bowl and lost terribly, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who went to the Super Bowl and lost in a terrible fashion. So yeah, I don't think they're they'd be much different. They're very different they're styles just, of quarterbacks, same. but they right. would just have the same outcome. It, for sure. It's the same result. If if you put Jimmy on the Lions, they're winning uh, anywhere from I'll say three to six games, and I think Jared Goff could win three to six games. So I think it's the exact interesting same range for both of these guys. Yeah, I I just yeah. feel like Garoppolo six and eleven for them. And Goff is four and thirteen, and I just I think that might be a difference in a firing. I really do. Maybe, but like if I'm the Lions, I'm trading for Baker Mayfield before I Ooh. trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Easily, okay, easily. I would have just signed Jameis. Well, hold on, because Baker has a ceiling. Like Baker yeah. has the ceiling that we don't see. Where yeah, you mm-hmm. go, you still go. Now the chances are he's not going to be any different. But at yeah. least you would get to trade for Baker, whose price right now is like. God, I don't know what like but, fourth so, round pick. Like, let me just say yeah. this: Nothing Evan good. hates Baker Mayfield. No, Trevor, it's not even get that. Ready it's not, even that. It's not <laughs> even that. But like to quote the late, you know, to quote Family Guy, like, yeah, we could have this boat or we could have this mystery box, and the mystery mm-hmm. box could even be a boat. Like they, the Colts did that last year with Carson Wentz. They said, mm-hmm. "Well, look at Carson Wentz's potential and ceiling, number two overall pick, right?" right. And it right. failed miserably, right? And but, that could happen again with Baker. I'm not saying it will, but it right. could very well happen again. I don't disagree with you at all whatsoever. <laughs> right. But the Carson Wentz trade turned mm-hmm. into a first-round pick that they lost. And mm, yeah. the Baker Mayfield trade will cost them, like, <laughs> one fourth-round pick. That's so very like, true. That's it. That's that's the difference to me is that I totally agree with you that the outcome is more likely that Baker is exactly the same guy in a different situation. But the yeah. difference is they had to give up. They gave up a second round pick, which turned into a first round pick for Carson Wentz. And the Lions might be able to just go, hmm, we could trade for this former number one overall pick who was okay before he got hurt. Then he got hurt. And all we have to do is give him a fourth round pick. Hmm, why not? And then you know you're playing, you, you know, you have to have Goff anyways. He's going to be on the books. But then you play Baker Mayfield the whole season. And if both mm-hmm. of them suck, guess what? <laughs> You cut both of them and you just draft a quarterback next year. So that's why I'd rather take the chance yeah. on Baker Mayfield if I'm the Lions. So that we're I like about that. Kind of just the Lions situation. But yeah, I like that. Um, well, let's talk about your Bucks because Tom Brady came out of retirement. Like how big? Like my question to you first about the Bucks. He did. Tom Brady came back. Um, he's we running, joked he, real quick before you even get into that. Your mm-hmm. video of you hearing. <laughs> just brought like like the way kids like seeing santa on christmas like it was just so pure because you were like i knew it the best best part of the video isn't even me it's connor reading the tweet while i'm ranting at the beginning (laughs) and then his eyes just dude it was it was like something from a reality tv show and he just was like (laughs) <laughs> and, then just, and then immediately just stares at the camera. It was so perfect. <laughs> it was great. Oh, it was gorgeous, man. So what was that like? What was it like? 
not only so first off percentage that you already knew it was going to happen not from extra source like inside sources or anything but just in your heart like did you think it was going to happen regardless so i don't want to sit here i don't want to sit here and say that it was like above 50 percent for me but i was really surprised when he announced his retirement because I always thought it was a three-year plan with the Buccaneers. He initially signed a two-year deal with them when he came over in free agency. But if you remember, that first year was 2020. So he was already going into a COVID-adjusted offseason where Tom Brady was going to a brand-new organization with new teammates and new coaches for the first time ever. And he was having to do it with no minicamp, no OTAs, different types of training camp, limited time that he could get chemistry with his, with with the rest of the guys. You couldn't like hang out with dudes at the facility and like big chill because it was like, okay, you do football, you get tested for COVID, you leave and you go ice, you become isolated, you go to your house or your apartment or whatever. And so it's mm-hmm. like all of that chemistry and camaraderie and everything was almost kind of, it was like thrown out the window that first year, which is crazy to me that they won it that first year. That was such a surprise to me. The second year rolls around, obviously they have some lumps, they bring everybody back, but he signs an extra year extension to say, okay, he's going to be back another two years. And that to me, I remember tweeting about this. I was like, this was always the plan. The deal was always a two-year deal with a player club or whatever option on the end that they activated to give him two years left. This past year, he played like an MVP, man. Tom Brady played like an MVP. He no, no, no. Easily, he, he was the MVP. He could have Rogers easily won him. MVP. Thank you. Uh, you said it, not me. He, <laughs> he could have easily won MVP last year. And, you know, outside of a really abysmal start to that Rams-Bucks game, if you take away that cover zero blitz that Todd Bowles calls at the end of the game, Tampa might win that game. They mm-hmm. might have won back-to-back Super Bowls, right? So yeah. it's – it's it's they, they were they were so close – and Brady played so well that when he announced his retirement, I was like, man, really? I'm just, I was just surprised that someone as competitive as Tom Brady mm-hmm. was going to hang it up at that point in time. Because, look, I totally understand this. You don't want to be like what Peyton Manning was his last year, right? Barely mm-hmm. being able to throw the ball. Same with Ben Roethlisberger. You don't want to be that. Nobody wants to stick around that long. And I think both of those guys would probably tell you, like, yeah, I probably wish I would have retired a year earlier. Ben should Ben should have retired a year right. early. Right. Same thing. 100%. Same thing with Breeze for a little bit. Right. Breeze is yeah. last year, man. He could barely throw the ball, and it was just he was he was running off of fumes essentially. So you knew that Brady didn't want to leave too late. But there's a difference between leaving too late and leaving when you played at an MVP level. That's why I was like, dude, you, this guy's got at least one more year left in the tank where he plays competitive football before he could retire. So I was very shocked when he retired the first time. And it was just, it was so it was hard for me to believe that he was really going to stay retired. And then the podcast started to come out. And then the interview started to come out. And they went, you're done? Are you done? You're done, right? And he was just like, yeah, you know, we'll see about that. And it was like, okay, uh, this is real. Now, I, like I said, I don't want to sit here and say, like, I really knew it. I, I always knew he was coming back. But, like, if somebody would have asked me the week that Tom Brady came back, what do you think the odds are that he plays in the NFL next season? I'd have told you, like, 30, 35%. I'd have told mm. you that there was a decent percent chance that 
he was going to come out of retirement. And I thought that it was probably going to be closer to the summer when he was going to get the itch to play again. And Tampa was not going to make a move for a quarterback. They made that very clear. When they said leave the light on for him, that meant probably up until probably <laughs> up until week one of the regular season, if he wanted to run out of the tunnel, they would have given him that chance. And so, so Trevor Sikama was like I, a couple months away from starting being QB one in Tampa. You were about to have to go back. Essentially. And yeah. Like, yeah. That was, that's essentially what happened. And then obviously, you know, the announcement, which was a fun little reaction video that, that we got to put out there. So, on Twitter and so what did you think about the whole like Niners rumors stuff? Cause I can tell you like from my end, I, I now granted, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I was told from at least people that I trust uh, that there was a certain coach on the 49ers, not just some like assistant, but like one of the coaches was running around playing golf with people saying, we're going to go get Tom Brady. It's going to happen. So like I I don't know if that's true but like I like that was the level of what I was getting of like oh no the Tom Brady noise is literally serious. It didn't help that Florio agreed because it's Florio but like from other people I was literally hearing that. Yeah, so um to whoever that coach was get wrecked. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, Nerd. The, the the rumors of him wanting to maybe go to the 49ers kind of made sense, right? Because at the time when he was leaving New England, it didn't really make sense for him to go to the 49ers because I think that was right off of when they either went to the Super Bowl or the year after. And so it just the timing wouldn't have been right when he left New England. And Tom Brady, I think, grew up watching the 49ers. Like he was a huge yeah. 49ers fan, Tom, right? That Tom was Brady was thing. literally in the stands when the catch happened. So yeah, so like that was uh, that was the big kind of like dream and selling point for him. I would have felt like it would have been hard for him to leave Tampa. Like hmm. I, I I'm not saying that Tampa would have blocked it because at the end of the day they wouldn't have. Tom Brady came to them and won them a Super Bowl in their city, and they would have they would have accommodated it. But well, we also don't know what Derek Jeter's like opt out is on his lease. Like we don't know what he would have this requested. Is true. This, is very, yeah. this is very true as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I genuinely think all of the rumors that Tom Brady didn't like playing for Bruce Arians, that they had a rift between the two of them, that he didn't like playing for Byron Leftwich, it was all bullshit, man. It was uh, from somebody who knows a lot of people who were talking to coaches and players and follow the team very closely. All that's bullshit. All mm-hmm. of that was just people trying to stir things up. You guys know how it goes. When stuff is going too well, we mm. go, hmm. And we just like, we try to, people just try to stir things up. And that kept coming up. And I just kept laughing about it because I really knew what was going on in Tampa from a lot of the people well, that were covering it very closely. And it was just, it was never that. So I always felt like if Tom Brady was going to come back, it was, it was going to be in Tampa. If he wanted mm. to, if he, if the only place he wanted to play football was the 49ers. I don't think he would have come out of retirement because interesting. I, I just, I, I don't know what that logistic would have looked like with him going to the bucks and saying like, Hey guys, I, I know I played at an MVP level for you last year, but um, can you trade me to the 49ers? Like I yeah. just want to go home. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Would they have done it though? Would they have facilitated that, or they would have? They have like, no, to. you can stay retired. I, they have to. But, no, they, they would have. It just it would have been a really weird conversation, and yeah. I, I, I don't know 
because I know that Brady has good relationships with everybody in Tampa. I, I don't know if Brady would have done that. And shoot, hmm. maybe he would have. Maybe he will someday. I, I, I don't know. But it just at the time, I felt like it would have been a an out of character conversation for yeah. Brady to have to say, "Hey, I want to come out of retirement, but only if you guys trade me the Niners." I just. I feel like it would have been a, it just would have been an awkward conversation given where all parties were at that time. So yes, I, yeah. if, yes, he would have, they would have facilitated it. Mm-hmm. It just would have been, it just would have been a little bit weird. Yeah. I think we can all understand how Tom Brady would go. Hey guys, I chose your team. I come win a Super Bowl in the first year. Right. I don't even know if I necessarily want to play next year, but I, if I do, I, I would kind of like to go play for the team that I grew up as a fan of. I think that'd be pretty cool. My parents, my family, everybody's right. from San Mateo. Right. Like I can, I can understand the conversation, but yeah, like you said, I, it, you know, coming from Tom Brady, like that just doesn't make sense. And and that's why I think to your point or to your question, yes, I, I believe the Bucks would have facilitated it because they, yeah. they would have wanted Tom to be able to experience that. But at the yeah. same time, it would have been – like Tom Brady also would have realized what he was doing to hmm. that franchise at that moment. Right. And I don't think he would have wanted to do that to Tampa, at least not right now. Is kind of also because they took the risk on him. They were the ones who really went out and they're like, we believe you can do stuff without, yeah, took, without took a, Belichick. Took a, risk, took a risk on Tom Brady. Well, hold on. Like, Took a risk. <laughs> I mean, that was still a risk, really, man. Really putting your neck out there. <laughs> no, hold on. Hold on. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We did not know how the Tom Brady-Bruce Arians matchup was going to go. We did not know how this marriage was going to go. We did not know I how did. Brady would be without Belichick. We we did not know. Like, that. Like we had our ideas. We had our ideas. But, I, certainly, I, mean, I certainly knew what the roster on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like compared to the, the Patriots when he was there. A little bit right. different. But what I'm saying is we've seen this situation before. We've seen athletes go to different situations and we have this idea like the, are we having fun? What was the Lakers uh, SI cover where it's like, are we having fun yet? Something like that with Steve oh, Nash that and the, Dwight. The, wasn't that the Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard Steve and Nash. Steve Nash. Yes. Was there a third one or was it just those? No, two? no, it was just those. No, two, it, well, it? no, it was, no, it was Dwight Howard, Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant. Yes. No, no, Kobe was not on that cover. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't I think gotta... he was on that cover. Well, no, I'm saying he was in the team. Like, I don't think Kobe was in the cover. I think it was just Nash and Howard, but yes, it was. Be. It was only the it was, was only it really? those two guys. Yeah. Oh my god, it was. But Kobe we... was on that team with, yes. with Ron Artest, aka Meta World Peace, mm-hmm. and Pau Gasol. I'm looking at yes. the, I'm looking at the five. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. Is like, Incredible. yeah, we we build these super teams and like it could have gone the other way. All I'm saying is the bucks could have gone the other way. Like they, it, it didn't happen that way. Uh, let me check my notes here. You won a super bowl so that it were, it went pretty well. But mm. the last thing on the bucks, I want to mention uh, Trevor. So you have Ali Marpet. He's out the door. He's not coming out of retirement. He's gone. Um, so. Jensen's back. Yeah. You get Godwin back. He's excited. Um, it looks like Gronk should be back. Uh, mm. I don't know if Julian Edelman still got anything in the tank. Cause Brady loves throwing to him in the off season. So I don't know if you can, talk it he might play for free edelman might just come out if brady's like i need you to play like off the Great. cap like i'll just throw you some side money or something giselle will make you an independent contractor for her business that's what we'll do <laughs> like oh, we'll send you a 1099 in a he's, couple no, months he's just gonna be a personal <laughs> trainer at tb12 it's illegal that's gotta be illegal for, <laughs> for, that's gotta for be tom, there. tom brady tom brady's literally been doing that his whole career tb12 yeah, the patriots come on um but are you the favorites is this a group a, a group good enough to make a Super Bowl run next year? Is it uh, should they be the favorites based on what Green Bay's lost and the rest of the NFC? Like, 
are the Bucks the favorites to win the NFC next year? I mean, they kind of have to be like all full mm-hmm. homer aside. Like, I don't really, I think, I don't think that Green Bay is done. I think the Green Bay is obviously going to give them a run for their money. Matt LaFleur is an incredible coach. Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback. I know they lost Devontae Adams and, you know, they lost some defensive pieces, but they're bringing some guys to round out the roster. And I think that they're going to be competitive again. Of course, anytime you get into the playoffs, it's, Anybody can beat anybody. And so I think that, you know, Green Bay's got a shot. They're going to be in that conversation. The Rams just won it all, so I'm not going to discount them. Obviously, they still have uh, guys like Stafford and Aaron Donald. and um, Allen Robinson and in the fold now. J- yep, Jalen Ramsey, Allen Robinson's there. OBJ's out, so it's kind of like a sub-out, mm-hmm. sub-in. Robert Woods is also out, so that's going to hurt them, Liz, even though he wasn't He lost Von Biller, run. though. Yeah, I mean, they no. they lost Von Miller. They definitely did. They also lost uh, Darius Williams, the corner who signed with the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars. And so they're changing things in and out. They're not exactly the same team, but like Arizona, I think is going to regress. I think San Francisco is the next playoff team in from that division. Uh, the Seahawks mega suck. Carolina is <laughs> terrible. Falcons are terrible. Saints aren't going to be good. San Francisco 49ers, baby. The Detroit Lions aren't good. Chicago Bears aren't going to be good. Minnesota Vikings aren't going to be good. New York Giants aren't going to be good. Washington Commanders aren't going to be good, or at least the ceiling's going to be capped. Philly's going to be okay. Whoever knows with Dallas, like they've and so now Dallas I, is toast. I think it has to be. It just depends. Well, see, Dallas can't be toast because the NFC is so weak. Like Dallas is going to like stumble into no, 10, 11 no, wins no, 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 because no, 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 no. the division's Listen, so bad. Hey, I don't get to have Trevor on mm-hmm. the, uh, talk football. I'm not wasting this precious air time <laughs> talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I am not doing it. This <laughs> is going back to Dalton Miller. You're just Trevor, you're Trevor, going I back do, to Dalton right now. No, I love I love Dalton, but I'm just not mm-hmm. doing it. Trevor, I, I am curious, Trevor. We 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 didn't talk much about the 49ers, but I am curious because I feel like Trey Lance, who had all of this hype and like a lot of excitement in the pure raw talent that he had, has like people have already forgotten about that because. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell me that a team who just went to the NFC Championship and was a couple of plays away from the Super, you know, an interception or two away from the Super Bowl, now is going to take their twenty-five million dollar cap hit quarterback and he'll be gone, and instead you're going to replace him with uh, the person they traded three number for three first-round picks for to get the number three overall quarterback who could potentially be one of the, if not best, quarterbacks in that draft. You like you think we should all be a little more excited about the 49ers. Like, where are you on Trey Lance? I dude, I, I think the Trey Lance is great. And it is it is so funny how uh much of a microwaved football fan base we all have just become in general, because dude, this should have always been the plan for Trey Lance. <laughs> he shouldn't have started his rookie year. He started one year. At an FCS school, he started one season, and then the season that he had, he had after that was one game because of COVID. This dude played one year. He like the traits were fantastic. You love the athletic ability, the legs, the arms, the everything that he brings to the table. I think that Trey Lance is a great total package of a franchise QB. Did they give up a lot to go get him? Yeah, they did. But I mean, like he he is still he's a really great quarterback. The first round pick ended up being basically a second round pick. It's not a big deal. Okay, sure. But so so when you when you when you look at that and when you look at his background, he wasn't supposed to start 
in his first year in the NFL. He was supposed to sit, especially behind a veteran who had made it to a Super Bowl just whatever it was two or three years prior. It was a it was a, it was a veteran offense. It was guys who had continuity and chemistry. What do you think this guy's just going to come in and <laughs> at twenty years old just unsee Jimmy Garoppolo and just become God right in front of our face? Like that was never going to happen. So I I think that we are right in line on the Trey Lance timeline. We are exactly hmm. where we should be now. This coming year, Trey Lance should start. Maybe not when, maybe not even, even if he doesn't start week one, it'd be like, okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. But like back half of the season, Trey Lance needs to be starting 100%. Like, I, I oh. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Trey Lance is going to start week like, one. So I, I hope he's starting week one, but I'm just saying, like, even yeah. if he wouldn't, even if you're still like easing him in a little bit, week five, week six, week seven, he's got to be starting. He's got to be starting the full backhand oh, no, no. half of week, this one, next week- year, and he's got to be looking good. Was we, he your QB one though, coming into that uh, that no, class two years ago? Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was. Yeah, it was my QB one was my QB one was Trevor Lawrence. My QB two is Zach Wilson. My QB three was Justin Fields. My QB four oh, wow. was Trey Lance. And my QB five was Mac Jones. Would you redo that now? It's hard to do it. Um, you haven't seen Trey Lance is done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's tempting to have revisionist history and just be like, okay, yeah, I would put Justin Fields. Well, not even just revisionist history, but like based on what you saw this past year, Trey Lance aside, how would you redo it? I think the real based question, you saw. the real the real question there is like, how much do you think Zach Wilson has regressed? Because right, like, for him to be your number two again, I, I wasn't shocked by anything that I saw this last year. Like mm. even like he, he, like okay the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville you got to throw it out the window because <laughs> that dude's an absolute lunatic but like tre- like Trevor Lawrence was even he was going to struggle his first year no quarterback in college football relied more on like quick game slant screen offense than Trevor Lawrence did but we didn't realize it nobody thought about that because they just saw the very p- pretty beautiful back shoulder throws the NFL type of throws that he would hit every now and then throughout the game and we went okay this dude's gonna be good in the nfl and he is Mm -hmm. he is gonna be really good but his first year in the league was always going to be a little bit of a learning curve because it wasn't clemson's offensive players simply being better athletes than everybody else trevor just dump it off to somebody and they're just going to go make a play he was going to be a lot more reliant on him reading the defenses and him adjusting Mm -hmm. and him hitting over the middle of the field and things like that so he was always going to have a little bit of struggle zach wilson same thing zach wilson's offense at byu was almost not even real. It was almost a fairy tale. He had one of the best offensive lines in the league. He had fantastic wide receivers that were great on 50-50 balls. He had a great running back behind him in Tyler Algier. And Zach Wilson could pretty much do whatever the F he wanted any game. Play action, roll left, roll light, right. There was nobody that was as fast as him playing in that league that he was in. And his arm was better than every quarterback in that league as well. So you knew that playing behind a worse offensive line in New York with worse passing weapons and a worse run game with a new head coach, he was going to struggle. He was always going to struggle. And Justin Fields kind of the same way. He learned to read defense a little better, took steps in the right direction, but guys on it. And, and even, even Mac Jones playing well, I'd have told you that if Mac Jones went to the right spot, he's probably going to look the best out of any of them. And I would have had him QB five while I said those words out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. So no, at this point, year out, I, I would not have changed my rankings. The only ones that I would think about changing was Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, but they were so close in my grading scale. I think they were separated by like half a point each. So essentially, like you could have flipped them and I'd have been like, all right, fine. So we always love to look at linear numbers. We always like to look at who was one, who was two, who was three. And, you know, when some guys are above the others, we go, ooh, you had this guy over this guy. But in reality, my grading scale between 
Justin Fields and Zach Wilson was so close, you could have been flipping a coin anyway. So I would tell you, I'd tell you, I probably wouldn't change anything right now. Well, what would you, so if you could redo the NFC West, this is for Evan. If you have to rank the NFC West going into next year, how do you rank it? Uh, I think the Rams have to be number one. I think it's very have easy to? to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think have the Rams to. have to be number. Yeah, I think the Rams have to be number one going into the season. Uh, I then think the San Francisco 49ers are a close second, and I think then it is the Grand Canyon gap between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks as three and four mm. in that division. I don't think. I think it. I think. I think Arizona is in for a crash, man. I really oh, do, man. especially for how disgruntled Kyler Murray seems to be. Yeah, I think. I think they're. I, I would get out of the Kyler Murray business. I would get out of the Kyler Murray business. I, I just think it's just not worth it, man. Like this, this is not going to go anywhere. This is going to be Kyler Murray. And I just, as a fan, this would drive me nuts. This would drive me, drive me nuts. But um, we'll just see re- what happens. Just remember, I, I want you all to just remember as yes, the Rams did go to the Super Bowl. They did win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All Trey Lance has to do is play better than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. That's all he's got to do. All he's got to do is play better than Jimmy James Richard Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Middle name Richard? Is it Richard? Yeah, yeah it's James okay. Richard Garoppolo. You know all about Jimmy Garoppolo, man. JRG? That's actually. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not an analyst. I'm not a reporter. I'm a what fan. Is his, what's his right? go-to cheat meal? Cheat meal? I don't know. Subway. Yeah. Have you seen the commercials? It might be Subway. I don't know. The commercials really great. That's a that's a bad it, cheat it, meal. Jeez. Yeah. What it, is your cheat meal, Trevor? Because you're out here grilling steaks. You're a home cooker. You do a lot of a lot of grilling. Trying. You do a, I'm trying. Yeah. What what is the hashtag? <laughs> Three sides minimum. When we when, yeah. when we eat barbecue. He's a, bar- he's, actually, he's a barbecue boy. That's, that's well not probably, anymore. He's in Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, do you, is there good barbecue in Cincinnati? There can't be. I, have, I haven't had it yet. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you haven't had it at all? No. Um Oh, God. You know what? I actually didn't really know what the things were that I wanted to bring up, but this is it. Name one redeeming quality about the city of Cincinnati. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Joe Burrow lives here. Joe Burrow lives here. Oh, God. That's not – you think you're saying a good thing, but, like, that tells me everything I need to know. Hold on. Evan loves to do this whole thing, Trevor. So you're from south of Chase. I don't consider the I don't consider Florida the south, but there are parts of Tampa. It's literally just, hey, let's have the nicest beach as possible. and We're all going to drink. Okay, but like I have no no complaints there. Gainesville is the south like Gainesville and North Florida is just South Georgia. It's like like that's the south. Tampa is not the south. We're not taking the south. We're not. They're not in. There's a line there. So there Trevor is. knows a little bit about that. Um, but Evan, Trevor, he he loves doing this bit. Like he's he got so excited about the Cincinnati thing. Like he is such a West Coast I snob. I have no respect for and the Midwest. He, I or the not, South. No respect whatsoever for the Midwest other than Chicago. Or the South. He's Listen. just a big city guy. He hates nature. He hates Southern accents. He's just... He, First off, I love Southern accents. I don't you dare no, do it. I, I know I, you're I, chomping at the bit I for this. No don't res- do it. Well, first off, I have no respect for the Midwest. Yeah. That doesn't. I just. I've never been to Ohio. I'll never go. I wanted to know what Trevor likes about. It. I was trying to hear the good. You don't want to go to Canton. You don't want to go see the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm. Yeah. You know. Okay. No. God. <laughs> have you been to Canton? Have you been to Canton Chase? I have not. 
but it's I've on the never, bucket list. I want to go. I've never, I've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I've been to the town of Canton, and yeah, there ain't, ain't nothing there. But see, that's what I like. I love small towns. Like I'm over here in Knoxville. I like small towns. Then you would look in. Yeah. So, well, hold on. But I really do want the answer. What is what is something that you've enjoyed about Cincinnati so far? I'm sure there's something, dude. It 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 is it is very funny. Like I, as a born and raised Floridian, never thought Mm. that I would live in the Midwest. I never thought I would live in the state of Ohio. I like Cincinnati. Yeah. There you go. I really do. Like I live now. I live the prototypical like late 20s early 30s lifestyle i live in an apartment right downtown i walk to work i sold my car before i got here i walked to all my favorite food places you sold the car i did i sold my car before (laughs) which has been great with these guys didn't you have like a i was gonna say didn't you have like a nice charger didn't you do a bunch of stuff i had a challenger challenger that's what it was yeah Yeah, and i sold that bad boy and holy cow did i sell it at the right time Um, (laughs) so i mean like there's there's like a couple of different pockets of like where like different bars and really cool areas with like food are and it helps that a lot of the people that i work with are my age and also live downtown so that's obviously what makes it a lot of fun but I really do, man. I, I I enjoy living in Cincinnati. I never thought that I would say that I enjoy living in Ohio, but I really do. I enjoy living here. I think it's a really cool city to live in, and it's got a lot of really cool uh, little parts about it that make it enjoyable. There you go. Hold on. Do you have a Mike Renner, uh, Austin Gale going out story? Friend of the pods? Um, I don't have... One they can say out loud. I don't have a story that I could say out loud. Um, they're just they're 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 just veterans, you know. They're just veterans. They know how to have a good time. They know where it's going to be popping in the city. And uh, yeah, you follow those guys, you'll have a good time. There well, you're you also doing the podcast with Connor, like, and he's also a gym rat. So, like, if, if y'all did a combine, who's winning? Like, if y'all did a combine one on one, are you saying between me and Connor, or are we? Yeah, you and Connor. Austin? No, just you and Connor. Connor would whoop my ass for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Connor Connor's to, pretty jack, man. Connor used to power lift, is the thing. Oh, so like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Connor's got, I think like Connor's got a lot more like mm-hmm. pop explosiveness strength to him. I think yeah. I'm a I think I'm a decent athlete. Like I can play mm-hmm. a lot of different sports and I'm balanced and I'm good at like hand-eye coordination. I think I could pick things up very easily. Like I played a yeah. lot of sports growing up. But in terms of like being an actual athlete, I think that Connor's uh Connor whooped my ass. Would you ever be allowed to grow your hair back out? Because now you're an on-air guy. Like you're a on-video person. Like you're this you're on the, camera. This First is the off. longest I've had it in a long in a long yeah. time. Like it's like we're getting we're getting kind of long in the back. So I don't know, man. That's I'm I'm kind of like at the I'm like at the break like at the tipping point right now. Do I yeah. keep growing it out or like do I should do I? But is there a scenario where Chris Collinsworth walks into the office and he's like, hey, uh, Trevor, can you come come in my office real quick? We need to have a conversation. Um, I've noticed it's getting a little long. It's getting a little long. He was a football player in the 70s. He was, I'm sure. Dude, yeah. Collinsworth's got some great long hair pictures. He did have. That's true. He really did. Collinsworth did have the long hair back in the day. And also, uh, Renner, Renner's worked for PFF since like 2015. And he that's had hair true. down past his shoulders. Yeah, first that off, is true. Renner, Renner's literally got better hair than any girl I've ever dated in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it is the most healthy looking hair I've ever seen in my life. Shot his, fired at his, all of Evan, his, Evan's exes his, over his here. His bachelorette uh, picture when he went on the bachelorette was just, uh, I don't know what yeah. he did with his hair that day, but... Do you think it he did. did it or did they do it? Like they had to have given him. Like, was that something that he got no, ready think, or dispatched? That was him. I think that's his. Wow. I think. Oh my. I think. That's never wild. Asked him, never asked. Uh, um, but last thing on Cincy though, 
with mm-hmm. the actual team. They signed Lael Collins. They've at, they've bulked up a little bit. Some people are not as excited. They're like, oh, these are just names that you've added to the offensive line. Not like big time names. It's not a Taron Armstead where it's going to be like, oh, whoa. But it's also guys from my perspective is like Burrow just needs average and an average offensive line in front of him. He needs guys that he can count on. Like you cannot take a gamble on Taron Armstead because you just can't like if he plays, eight, he misses eight games that just defeated the whole purpose of sign. Like you need guys in front of Joe Burrow who you can count on to play 16 to 17 games. Like at this point mm-hmm. with the two knee injuries. Now you just need, don't swing for the fences. Just go for a bunch of B's, just get a bunch of B's, maybe even a C plus, but guys who at least are going to be there. Like, are you okay with what the Bengals have done thus far to address the Joe Burrow offensive line? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. They had to go in the off season thinking, okay, we want to take the blueprint that the chargers had and that the chiefs have had over the last couple of years to just totally flip over the offensive line. And they did that. They signed Ted Karras and Alex Kappa. And I think think those are two really great signings for them on the interior. Them not letting Lyle Collins leave the city and make sure that he got a contract signed. I think that that was big for him. Yeah, I mean, Bodyguard. I guess we would. Yeah, right. You uh, you would want a Toronto Armstead, I suppose. But like you said, like availability is going to be huge and he's going to command a pretty big price tag. I think he's going to end up going to Miami, it sounds like. Hmm. But no, I, I think that all three of those guys, they were perfect. And they allow Cincinnati to now approach the back end of the first round in the draft with a best player available mentality. And that's a lot of what you want in free agency. You want to be able to fill a lot of your major needs, maybe not with superstars, but with guys that allow you to take the draft as it comes to you, especially picking late in the first round. That's going to be important because if anybody slides down to you, there might be a position where it's like, well, we don't need this position, but this guy's this guy's incredible. Then it gives you mm. the freedom to be able to do that. And I think that that's what they did. That's what these moves allow them to do. Even beyond just an upgrading their positional standpoint, it allows them to have a better view of the draft. Interesting. I'm I'm excited. Like the what is it? I forgot how many quarterbacks it's been who've lost their first Super Bowl who have not gotten back. It's pretty wild. Like Ryan's one of them, but it's a long list in a row that have not gotten back. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. Obviously, like only two make it, right? And mm. how many over the last twenty years have been either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger as one of the quarterbacks, right? Yeah, and it's just sure. like you, you, like that's one of them over the last twenty years of football. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger have made up for like an insane percent of one of those quarterbacks options being taken. And it's other than that, it is one quarterback every year that gets to make the Super Bowl. other than those guys. It's pretty wild. It is pretty wild. Mm. Like even the 49ers having two different quarterbacks go to the Super Bowl. Like that'll be like, like we'll look 20 years back from now and go Colin Kaepernick and Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl. And we're going to be like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll end on this. Your, your bread and butter, the draft. Um, two different draft questions for you, Trevor. Okay. Um, NFL, give me your draft favorites right now and your least favorites. And then which quarterback in this class is most likely to succeed in any situation and which quarterback is least likely to succeed in any situation? Okay, so some of my favorite guys in this class, I'll name two wide receivers that I really like. Drake London, the wide mm-hmm. receiver from USC. He's my wide receiver one. And my wide receiver one is, or my wide receiver two is George Pickens from Georgia. I think both of those guys bring oh, wow. 
Yeah, I think both of those guys bring wide receiver one mentality and ability to the table. I think the Drake London speed gets knocked a lot more than it should. He's one of the best contested catch wide receivers I've seen in a long, long time. George Pickens had unbelievable film when he was a freshman and a sophomore dominating that passing attack for Georgia. A conservative passing attack that he was able to elevate a lot towards ACL last March, came back, was able to get in for the playoff run this past year. I think he brings a lot of exactly what you would want to the table. I'll say another favorite is I just like this cornerback class in general. I think that Stingley, Sauce Garner, Trent McDuffie, Kyrie Elam, Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, like there's so many really great corners in this class, and you just don't often get a deep cornerback class like this. You can even keep going, and Tariq Woolen from UTSA and how freakish of an athlete he is. Um, Joshua Williams, a player from Fayetteville State and HBCU school that I love, who is fantastic as senior bowl. There's just so many guys that um, I think from this cornerback group are going to be big time contributors. Uh, somebody, I guess, who I, my least favorites in this draft, I suppose picking the quarterbacks high will be one, but we can talk about that in a second. Some of these small school offensive linemen, I think, are getting little too much love here. I like Bernard hmm. Raymond a lot. I like Trevor Penning a lot. Like I like these prospects a lot, but I think these are firmly like second round guys, maybe back into the first round for some of these teams that might need a, uh, an offensive tackle really badly. But man, I've seen some love for these guys in the top 20. I've seen like top 15 love for, for Trevor Penning. And I watched him at the senior bowl and it's just like, you like the mentality, you like the strength profile, you like the athleticism. I think they bring a lot to the table in terms of their mold, but I think we're getting a little carried away on these guys being super high draft picks. There's still a lot that they have to learn. They were getting exposed on the outside shoulder to speed rushes a lot at the senior bowl. And I'm afraid we're going to see a decent amount of that in their first year or two in the NFL too. So I like those guys and for what they are, but I think we're getting a little bit too carried away with them. And then just kind of the quarterback class in general, it seems like we're going to have, Three quarterbacks go in the first round. If I had to guess, I'd say Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Desmond Ritter are probably going to be the three QBs Ritter. in the first round. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that the NFL, I think the NFL likes Ritter a decent amount. And I can understand why. He, he's, you know, what you see is what you get with him. And he's got a very high floor as a quarterback. Yeah. I don't know how high the ceiling is, but he definitely has a high floor. And in a not so great quarterback class, I think it's going to be coveted amongst teams. Um, I think that the quarterback who has the chance to actually be a difference maker the most in the NFL is Malik Willis, but I think he's Mm -hmm. really far away away from that. That Liberty offensive line that he played behind the last two years was awful. He was just, he was never going to have the opportunity to get better as a quarterback. And because of it, he's really raw. I mean, he just, he does not attack the middle of the field with nearly as much consistency as his needs. Um, He just doesn't see things as fast as he needs to. He's reactionary instead of anticipatory. Um, you love what he, the, the element that he brings with his legs, but he's not as calculated even with picking up a few extra yards, being a mobile quarterback and an escape guy in that way. So I think a lot of the mold is there from Malik Willis, the physical abilities. Um, I've, I've also, I've, I've interviewed him personally once I've heard him at the, at the podium. I've heard him in a lot of different interviews. He seems like an awesome kid. He seems like a motivated kid. And I'll tell you at the senior bowl, I know a lot of the players around him gravitated towards him in a very short time, which I think hmm. is noteworthy for sure. So I think that he has the best chance to pan out. We're just a lot further away from that being a reality than like him going number two overall to the Lions, you know, or like hmm. something like that where he's going to play and he's going to play early. Like that just might not be great for him. 
So I, that's kind of my thoughts on, on some of the draft class overall. My one question that I want to know, what is the reality or possibility that Christian Watson gets reunited with Trey Lance in San Francisco? Where does San Francisco pick? What number? Do you know? Uh, second round. <laughs> Let me look. Uh, early second super- round. Is it early second round or is it late? Actually, it might not be. Yeah, hold on. Let me look. Uh, where is San Francisco? Well, San where does Carolina pick in the second round and where does the 49ers? <laughs> Sa- San Francisco doesn't pick until... I see 61. Ooh. Ooh. He's not lasting to 61. Yep, he's absolutely, 61, is it? He's, so. not, he's absolutely not lasting until 61. Now, if Carolina wanted to trade for him, the problem is that Carolina doesn't have a second or third round pick. So they're not getting that from Carolina if they were to get you. Well, it would have to be something different. Breaking my so, heart. Uh, as, there goes that. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, I don't think Watson's going to make it to 61. He's, 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 he's too good, I think. Yeah. Interesting. Um, all right, Trevor. How do the good folks check out your work? PFF.com. We can watch you on YouTube. But that's, that's you. Oh, you do the you do the show on um, during the regular season. So yep. you got that. But you got the stock yep. exchange. That's a must listen right now for everyone who wants to get caught up on who who to look out for. Who do they want their team to draft? They need to be prepared. And the way to be prepared is listen to Trevor and Connor on the stock exchange. So what can the good folks check out this week and going forward from you? Yeah, a lot of wall-to-wall draft coverage from now until draft weekend. Uh, a lot of stuff over at pff.com that we'll be doing. As Chase mentioned, NFL Stock Exchange podcast with me and Connor, three days a week. We're on YouTube. We're also on any podcast platform that you guys listen to. And, of course, just uh, all the rest of my shenanigans over on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey is where you can follow me. There you go. Great name, Tampa Bay Trey. It's, all, it's, it's been your brand for a long time. Yeah, it does. Man. It does. Um, Evan, Trevor, Thank you as always for the time. This was a lot of fun. Trevor, thank you so much for making the time. I know you're a busy guy, so greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. It's always great to get the chance to chat with you guys and talk some ball. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Go, man. All right. That'll do it for this edition here on the Chase Moms Podcast with Trevor Sykema and Evan Swords. Go ahead and give Evan a follow if you have not already done so. Burner underscore Swords on Twitter. Go check out 49ersHub.com if you have not already done so for all the 49ers information that you didn't know you needed uh along with pro football focus are you subscribed are you an edge member anything like that pff.com sign up today it's worth it i'm a member it's great stuff um and check out stock exchange uh with trevor on the podcast and all the great uh youtube content that pff is putting out these days so go do that if you've not already done so and uh yeah that that, that'll do it for this edition but uh, if you like today's show and you're not already subscribed go ahead and hit that that's uh that, that, wow i'm talking fast this morning uh hit that subscribe button on uh the chase most podcast apple spotify however you get your podcast uh, don't forget you can watch us on youtube as well youtube.com chase most podcast hit that subscribe button that easy that simple do it today um don't forget to follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer sports renaissance man it's me sports renaissance man.substack.com type your email that's simple uh new episode tomorrow because this is a daily show so new content for you guys every single day on this feed um so make sure you're subscribed so you never miss it uh thank you so much guys and i'll talk to you tomorrow uncle derek how'd i do
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.